G'day, this is Sin Spaces, and you're listening to the Sega Lounge. Yes, I said Sega, not Sega. Suck it up. <laughs> Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Greetings, Sega fans. Welcome back to the Sega Lounge. Hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world. Hope you're enjoying some Sega games. And thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. Last week's show was a blast to record and also do live on both Radio Sega and Twitch. If you missed it, go back and give it a listen, please. We talked about recent Sega news and discussed the topic of video game preservation. Some very good points were made, so I think you'll enjoy it. And feel free to give us a follow on twitch.tv slash thesegalounge for future live episodes of The Sega Lounge and the odd gameplay stream as well. But KC, I can hear you saying, what about this week's guest? Let's get to it. This week, I'm joined by Brian Costello, aka Sin Spaces, a former Sega Hotline employee, longtime gamer, and social media personality with a huge following. Brian's on the lounge to discuss his Aussie gamer roots, tell us some stories from his time at Sega, and take on our brutal challenge. How does he fare? Take a listen to find out. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the Sega Lounge. Sega Lounge? Sega? (laughs) That's the question. That's the question. Thank you, thank you for coming. We'll get into that. We'll get into that a little later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, okay. So, since you brought it up, so you're you're obviously uh, an Australian dude, right? Uh, joining us here, and, and we're we're here to talk a little bit about your relationship with Sega. So let's start. Let's start there. So you're also known as Sin Spaces for people. Uh, listening to us and not really who who, who is Brian? I don't have never heard of this man. Brian, okay, I don't know who this dude is. exactly. So, <laughs> uh, aka since Spaces, um, Brian. First of all, how did your love for video games start, or your relationship with video games start? Uh, well, the name since Spaces. Uh, <laughs> long story short, was that when I was a kid. Uh, I went to a local milk bar and a milk bar is basically a place that sells milkshakes and snacks and that sort of thing. That's, it's a very Australian thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and British I've, I found out. Um, anyway, so I went, I was only about four or five, something like that. And they had this gigantic machine and it had this really weird looking scary alien on the side looked electric and maybe <laughs> even even more people use it now than than a joystick oh, i think yeah yeah true true yeah true. yeah we're like the pioneer of complaining <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so that's where the name comes from right since spaces so ever since yeah space invaders 
uh, in that yeah. milk bar uh, you've been gaming? Yeah. Well, yeah, to a degree. So I didn't grow up with uh, in a wealthy uh, household. Mm -hmm. So my first, that was, so Space Invaders, that was around 78, 79. I didn't get to own a video game console until 86. So mm -hmm. from, from in that era, between 78 to 86, my gaming experiences were a mix up of either going to the arcades, which was a huge thing for us. We didn't get the gaming crash in 83. It didn't really affect us. Mm -hmm. um, or I was borrowing Ataris or Master Systems or whatever I could get my hands on from friends. Okay, okay. And so you, you mentioned 86 was the first time you had like a proper uh, console. What was it, by the Correct. way? Uh, the Sega SC3000. Distributed in Australia by a company called John Sands. <laughs> and John Sands were a greeting card company. And for some reason, uh, they would dabble in board games. And uh, they decided, let's try and see if we can introduce video games into Australia. Um, I actually wanted a Master System, but it was 300 or something dollars back then, which is a lot of money in 86. Mm -hmm. But... The SC3000, I'd never heard of it, and it was sitting next to the S to the Master System. It was less than half the price. I thought, I can't afford the Master System, but this is a Sega console. It must be good. So okay. <laughs> I bought it and ended up um, uh, not with the better system, obviously, but it was an okay intro to video gaming. Okay, okay. How was the whole... So you mentioned, like, uh, arcades and Atari, so... Were uh, video games popular enough in Australia when you were growing up, or was it like a niche thing? No, it was big. Yeah. It was big in my world, at least, okay. anyway. Um, and there was advertising starting on TV um, with companies that were just dedicated to video games. Uh, mm. Just a, a few meters from where I lived, there's a company called The Gamesman, and they've been selling video games in uh, Australia since 1982, and I think they're arguably the world's longest-running video game store. So they started up just before the so-called crash, okay. um, which, let's just get it for the record, affected America, yeah. but had a flow-on effect, I guess, from there. Mm -hmm. um, but that, as I said, that never impacted us. Those guys made a killing with Donkey Kong, which is another game that was um, the first... The first time I saw a D-pad was Donkey Kong. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, video games were huge. Arcades were everywhere. Um, fish and chip shops, news agencies, uh, they all had a, an arcade machine out the front. Uh, even just walking to your local grocery store, there was a, an arcade machine of some kind out the front. It was big. Mm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, the, the, the history... And the experience of, uh, experiences of people with video games, depending on the country, vary. Uh, I remember, for example, in yes. Portugal, was a little bit of a niche thing also because at some point, because, you know, pe people and families weren't that wealthy here. So uh, yeah, not yeah. everyone was able to afford like having a video game console. Um, and so probably the Master System and the Mega Drive ch changed that a little bit and made it a little bit more yeah, mainstream, it, but still, more, 
but still, video games yeah. were expensive. I remember growing up feeling like having a new game was like a big deal because they were not cheap at all. It was the same here. Um, so my uh, Sega SC3000 computer, we'll just call it the, the Sega computer from here on, um, <laughs> those games were $40 back then, which was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, even now, if you ask me to pay $40 for a game in 2023... Australian dollars, of course. Um, I'm still sitting here going, oh, do I really want that game? <laughs> Back then, $40 was the equivalent of about 90 now, uh, or maybe even 100 I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it, it was very expensive. And um, yeah. But I remember there was a lot of people uh, that I grew up in my area that were tradies. They had a, a tradesmen. They had a lot of money coming in because tradesmen here in Australia are very, very popular. Mm-hmm. And they're always, uh, if you can find a good tradesman, you you treat them well. So they grew up rich with all this money that they were making. And their kids ended up getting uh, Commodore 64s, Amigas, and stuff like this. So I, I would see all these, what I would call rich kids, getting all these fancy, you know, uh, gaming systems. And I'd just be sitting there jealous because I just had to borrow whatever I could of friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. So at some point in your life, yeah, uh, you started working at Sega as well, right? That's right. Would 19- you like to tell us how that... Yeah. How did that happen? How did that come to be? So have to go back to 1990. Uh, around 1990, I was creating a fanzine called um, The Sega Times. And a fanzine is basically a fan-made magazine, hence the name fanzine. And it was just a really rough uh, magazine that I would put out once a month. I tried to do it once a month. And uh, it was just of articles that I would grab from all the magazines I was buying. And I would compile them together and also do my reviews. It was just basically a magazine that I'd put out mm-hmm. all by myself. I'd do the illustrations or the articles. I'd put it all together. It was a very, very uh, labor-intensive thing that I would do. But it was also something that uh, was a great learning experience. Um, and so I would send those magazines off to Sega because I would be ringing up uh, the Sega hotline that we had here on a regular basis and speaking, I'd end up getting transferred to the marketing manager here in, in uh, uh, Sega Aussiesoft. Well, Aussiesoft was just, just called back then. They were the distributors of Sega machines uh, here. Mm-hmm. And I ended up on a weekly basis talking to the marketing manager and asking him about what new games are coming out and what's happening in the in the console industry. And... Uh, and I'd be trying for months to get a job there. Okay. <laughs> I wanted to leave school. I, I didn't want to. I, I was in year 11 at the time. And I didn't want to go through to year 12. I had no mm. interest. I was bored at high school. I had, there was um, l- really nothing for me there. It was my main energy and focus was on video video gaming. Um, but I would eventually go through to year 12. And I, I left and it was only about a month I was out of work, I guess you could call it, which I guess most people go through when they first leave high school. Um, and my dad came in one day and he says, I think you need to go out and get yourself a job now. I think it's time. 
And I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I know. By the, and by this stage, I had been spending months applying, trying to get uh, some something at Sega. Mm. And I was giving up at this stage. But the phone rings, and it's a new manager. I've never heard this voice before. And she says... So you're the one that's been sending in these magazines. I said, well, yes, that's I'm the, the Sega Times. That's me. She goes, okay, I need you to come in. Uh, if you're interested in working here, I need you to come in and we want to meet up and have a chat. And all they asked me was, have you played Alex Kidd in Miracle World? I said, yeah, I finished it. She goes, great. Yeah, and, and she goes, can you read and write? I said, yes. <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> that, that, that was the interview. <laughs> but the fact that I could um, uh, prove and show and demonstrate that I finished Alex Kidd in Miracle World uh, was enough to get me across the line because everyone that phoned had that game in built into their system at yeah. that stage. Yeah, that that's amazing. That's in itself. It's just like a, a f an achievement completing Alex Kidd in Miracle World. So yeah. Well, that's. I don't know if you're familiar with Alex Kidd in Miracle World. I am. Yeah, that's like that's why I'm yeah, saying it's okay. an achievement in itself. I think. <laughs> so there's without getting into too much detail. There's this final stage, mm -hmm. and there's these. Um, there's these icons on the ground and you need to run over them in a certain order. Otherwise a ghost comes out and, and you die. Dead. There's yeah. no getting, yeah, there's no getting out of it. So figuring out the combination, you've only got a certain amount of lives. Mm -hmm. You can only continue so many times in that game. Um, so we, we played it. We had no, we didn't call the Sega hotline. That was another thing. I, I figured this all out just with me and a, a friend down the road and we we're trying to figure it out. And I suddenly remembered seeing something somewhere that the Japanese don't read the same way we do. They read from right to left and up from top to bottom. So I grabbed that pull screen and I wrote down all the icons and we decided let's try it that way. And that was what got us across the line. Oh. So it was like a big, big brain moment. I thought anyway, <laughs> sadly, <laughs> and, and, I know that combination now off by heart, <laughs> <laughs> but not sadly, cause that got you a job. So nice. oh, well, yeah, yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Sun, um, Sunways moon, sun star moon, waves, fish star fish. There. <laughs> oh God. Oh God. <laughs> oh, sorry. Crown. I got to remember the crown. At crown. The end. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. Very good. And you got a, a job at Sega working for the hotline. Yeah. Yeah. So the the initial job uh, was to mm -hmm. just answer calls coming in. I'm stuck on Sonic. I can't get past level three, whatever. And uh, I would try to do my best to either guide them through how to get past that section in the game, or I would most of the time just be asking, uh, getting asked, sorry, for cheat modes and okay. any tips, any anything that you can unlock in a game. Because mm -hmm. as you said in the beginning, games were expensive back then. So when your mum and dad bought you a game, which never happened in my case, by the way. Okay. Um, but when, yeah, when your mum and dad bought you a game, you would hold on to that for months. You you would be trying to milk the of course. out of that game. Yeah. So if you could call up 
uh, Sega and they would tell you, oh, yeah, if you just press up, down, left, right, you get an entire new mode in it. They'd be like, wow, just got a whole new <laughs> game, <laughs> essentially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. And I remember uh, at the time, I we didn't have much access I mean, limited, uh, but to, to magazines and video game magazines. Uh, we had, like, at some point, we started having, like, an official Sega magazine. Um, right. But even then, the information we had available was limited, right? It was, like, something yeah. that came out once a month. You never knew what exactly they would cover, uh, even if they talked about that that game that you wanted to to see more info on. You, you never knew what they would say if there was like information that would lead you to finding secret stuff or not, like cheats or tips or not. Yeah. Um, and I remember calling the the local the Portuguese like hotline and asking like for um, secrets. Is there something? In a specific, because I, I, I remember thinking, I, I remember the um, in Sonic 2 for the Mega Drive, uh, the right. Hidden Palace Zone that is yeah, not I, in the I game, get... right? But I remember uh, on that magazine, we, we had like screenshots of yeah. what I assume at, or I assumed at that time that that would be something hidden in the game. Because I remember playing th through the game over and over again, never found that specific level, that specific zone. And I called yeah. the hotline. So is there like something uh, that I can do to get to uh, an, a secret level? And they were like, oh, let me just take a look here at my notes. No, no, I don't think so. Really? Because I, I feel like there's something somewhere I can do to find something, some extra content or an extra. Oh, I already know the answer now, but that's 2023, Brian. Not, not. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think back at the timeline. I think we found out about the debug mode pretty early on. I don't know. No one, no one. I, I uh, only uh, found about the debug mode. I like later, years later. I think. So. Now we knew about the debug mode, and we okay. were giving that cheat out. No, we, we knew about the debug mode. We obviously knew about the level select early on. Yeah, that's but it was yeah, the deep that that was anyone that owned that game pretty much knew that. Mm -hmm. Um but it was the debug mode that everyone was trying to get a hold of. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we, we knew about that quite early on. Um we got some of our uh cheats from Eva magazines that we had been we weren't given many magazines. I was buying them <laughs> personally. I should have been claiming them on tax. I didn't. Um, but yeah, I, I at one stage I had boxes and boxes of these magazines. Uh, sadly, I don't have them anymore. But um, so we would either get uh, a, a hodgepodge of magazines, getting scoring, scouring through them, trying to get as many cheat modes and codes as we could. Um, or sometimes we would get uh, official memos from Sega of America. Didn't mm -hmm. get anything from Sega of Japan. Uh, they were kind of useless for that because <laughs> the language barrier. Yeah. Um, however, there was one time where I, because I used to buy Japanese magazines as well, um, because you would get the absolute freshest information from the Japanese magazines. Mm -hmm. You couldn't read any of it, though. That was the only downside. Um, and that's how I found out about games like Landstalker coming out, which was huge, like four page, five page spread on this game. 
and nothing being talked about in the West. It was weird. Yeah. Um, but there was one time where I uh, I saw something about a cheat for Sonic. I think it was Sonic 2 on Game Gear. And we didn't have any cheats on file at that stage. We used to use a computer system, by the way. Okay. Not like, and I think Nintendo used a combination of both, but we used to have, yeah, we used to do a combination of both, but we had a database. I don't think uh, Nintendo here had a, a computer. They were using all just paper. Okay. Um, but, but anyway, getting back to the story, I, I could see that there was this code or something that unlocked something. For Sonic 2, but I had no idea. At the time, Aussie Soft was being bought out by Sega. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, you'd get these extremely Yakuza-like people walking through the hallways. And everyone was like, Sega, Sega. And everyone would, you know. Um, okay, yeah. Shoulders up, look impressive. Look, look, you look like you switched <laughs> on. And as soon as they'd go, oh, thank God. Um, anyway, they were having a meeting. And I knew that there was a Japanese guy out there and he spoke English. So I busted in in the middle of this meeting. <laughs> they could have been talking about something super important. Yeah. But he's this, he's this guy from the Sega hotline breaking down the door. Excuse me. I know this is important, but this is also important. And I <laughs> gave him the cheat. I said, can you translate just this little bit here? And he wrote down on paper what the cheat code was in English. We tested it out immediately, and it was a huge like celebration. Okay. It works! Wow, <laughs> level select, and then um, went back up there. And I didn't know at that time that bowing was what you do with the Japanese. Uh-huh. I just shook his hand and <laughs> banged like, him high fives. What? Yeah, yeah. And there was it was a culture shock for him too. Yeah. I bet. Um, but that was my little memory of um, uh, of what we used to. Do to try and get cheat modes. We'd That's go awesome. to a lot yeah. of lengths. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Like you had to buy magazines, or you didn't know the th- the codes and the cheats that were in magazines. You were supposed no, to have like we inside information. In com- yeah. Right? No, we were pretty much <laughs> like outsiders. Um, we, however, the the benefit of having this inside relationship with Sega of Japan mm-hmm. was that they would send us out ROM chips and lots of them. And we would get access to uh, a lot of Master System Game Gear and Mega Drive games that were either uh, not finished or in early stages or had just been released and we were getting some final stage ones. And that was fun. Okay. Because the first time I saw Sonic was not on a cartridge. That was on a ROM a ROM board that was being placed into the um, Mega Drive. And that was the first time I'd seen a ROM board. I was like, what the heck's this thing? He's plugging in the circuit board, exposed. And it's not like a, a, a the size of a like, cartridge. Yeah, it's, it's a... quite tall. Mm-hmm. It's quite tall because it's got a house um, up to eight or more chips, I think. Um and they're removable. You put them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was cool. But that, that's what. But that was the benefit of being able to have access to, yeah, to Sega of Japan. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. You said when I asked you, you started working for the hotline. You said, yes, that was my initial job. So did things evolve in some way? Yeah. So 
One of the cool things about working at AussieSoft at that time was that um, it was a full promotional company where they would have um, events at local shopping centers or shopping malls, and mm-hmm. we would have six Mega Drives and six Master Systems all out on display, and kids would just be coming up and playing them, and we'd be talking to the parents. Yes, this is why you should buy his kid a, a Sega system. Look how much fun they're having and all this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> although I don't think I used to use that line. I used to say, the games are cool. <laughs> um, so we used to get uh, sent to those um, road shows, they called them, mm-hmm. and we would uh, get a lot of experience in dealing with public firsthand. That was kind of cool. And it's so um non-threatening there's no it's not like other companies i've worked for since like why is this not happening and they get angry but there was no there was it was such a happy place to work in you'd only ever very rarely get people calling up angry or frustrated about something going wrong um the other thing that um oh and that would lead me to actually dress up as sonic once or twice because the guy called in sick okay so i had to be the i had to be the um uh the ca- he's not the casual teacher. You remember you used to have the casual teacher come in and everyone used to make fun of him? I was the casual Sonic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the substitute. That's substitute, the word I'm looking yes, for. Yes, I was yes. the, yeah, the I was substitute, the substitute Sonic. Substitute Sonic. Yeah. That suit that's, that's was so damn was awkward. Probably really, really hot in there, right? Yeah, it was super hot, super awkward. It was the first version of the uh, Sonic suit. Uh-huh. Hard to get photos. There's very, very few photos of that suit now. But the the centerpiece, like the chest and all that area, uh-huh. it was all fiberglass. There was no flex whatsoever. And okay. um, you had blue stockings on and uh, Sonic boots. And the Sonic boots used to be just like red sneakers. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it... Kind of looked cool, but it by today's standards, yeah, no, nah, hokey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Probably like weird eyes or something. No, the eyes were actually kind of cool. Yeah, really? And, uh, but but the, the later version that they came out with had a little fan in there and, and the eyes looked mm. a little bit less um, creepy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the other thing that we would do would be write video game reviews mm-hmm. for a magazine called Megazone. So Sega or AussieSoft, they saw Megazone uh, as an opportunity uh, to buy that magazine and use it as a way to put the message of new games coming out. That was their way of connecting with uh, customers uh, at that stage because there was no internet, there was no TV shows that were uh, around at the time. Um, so there was no way of communicating to gamers about what was coming out except relying on what magazines were publishing. So what a better way to get grab full control of that than to buy a magazine and operate it internally. So the only downside to that was that uh, the Sega reviews tended to be more favorable. <laughs> of course. Than the, we used to review Nintendo games. Oh, in really? that magazine as well. Okay, which is quite interesting. Re- reviewing for the opposition, so it was like um, a, it wasn't an exclusively Sega uh, focused no, magazine. Okay, not okay. not initially. It later became Sega Megazone. 
Okay. Because everyone knew that it was a very heavily Sega-focused magazine at the time. Okay. Um, but when it became Sega magazine, that's actually when I left. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to work for another magazine called Hyper Magazine. Um, but that was only freelance contributing. Mm-hmm. But that, that was fun because uh, ha- that was my initial spark was seeing all these magazines. Magazines in the 80s were kind of crud they weren't that great but it was in the 90s 90 91 when magazines started to become a little bit more professional and slick Mm -hmm. the layout started to become a little bit more interesting and refined in how they um looked um and i just remember seeing these magazines coming out from both uh uk and uh the us and thinking that's what I want to do. I want to become a reviewer and just do this full time, which for a short time, I kind of almost half, half did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So you wrote th- for, for the magazine. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I remember we had a uh, Megaforce here for like a little bit over two years, perhaps. Uh, I still remember. How similar. Megazone. Yeah, Megaforce. Megaforce but, the, in that, but that was <laughs> exclusively Sega. That was like only oh, wow. Sega okay. only, um, and it was. I don't know how it, it was. It an official? It said it was like the official magazine of Sega, uh, but I don't know how hands on Sega were because it was distributed by like a, a famous an um, internal, uh, external company. Yeah, okay. that the the one that that published like uh, Disney comics and stuff like that. So um, I don't know exactly how biased they were or not but i still remember to this the the first issue had like echo the dolphin like the cover of the game oh, that's a it's little like, later okay yeah so yeah. it was like 993 i think was the first issue okay. of that. there were other magazines but that was the the one that i remember being like the the official sega one that i uh to this day remember still and uh yeah and that that's where i remember seeing games like Echo and uh, even I think Sonic 2 which was before the magazine uh, came out but they still had like a, an issue dedicated to Sonic 2, Sonic 3 later so yeah okay, okay. Um, for me the big magazines at the time were uh, EGM from okay. the US that had the, I don't know how they got a hold of half the information they got but they were always putting out 90% reliable <laughs> information. Sometimes <laughs> I'd put out stuff that you'd look back at now and like, that never happened. What the hell were you publishing? <laughs> um, uh, and the the UK had CVG, CVG mm-hmm, plus G, mm-hmm. Computer Video Plus Games. Uh, and they also had Mean Machines, which exactly. I have to say, Mean Machines, which later became Mean Machines Seeker. See, they did the same thing with that. Um, that was my favorite magazine. Because the the art layout, I showed that magazine to the internal Megazone artist, the graphic designer. She cringed. She couldn't stand the layout. She hated it. And I said, you might hate this, but this is what we want to see. Okay. So suck it up. Change your way because your ma- the way you're doing the magazine, the Megazone, is not what I would call uh, appealing to people my age and yeah she was 18 at the time so she so was, it was like formal. more like yeah, yeah. More too formal right like a classic yeah, like, you're, layout, not, classic you're not 
Yeah, you're not writing an essay for a, a 40 year old to read yeah. about the um, the uh, commercial problems or, or the political <laughs> problems in your city. This is video games. This is supposed to be fun, zany, mm -hmm. out there, mm -hmm. uh, and, and also informative. And you're just not hitting the mark. Uh -huh. Like I, one thing that I used to hate seeing was when they would do, say, for example, uh, a review on Street Fighter, but they would use incorrect font for the logo. And that used to do my head in. No, I want to see the Street Fighter logo. That's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Excellent. And so you, you wrote for the, for the magazine. Um, did it like, did you end up like reviewing big games or something that you would Probably, consider like a big game? I would say... I had my own column in that magazine, mm -hmm. which would be just about rumors and upcoming console releases. Um, I would review things like Desert Strike. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think I got any cover reviews for Megazone, though. Mm -hmm. There was no game that I reviewed that ended up on the cover. But later, um, I would end up reviewing... Super Street Fighter 2 for the Super Nintendo when that came out and that got me a cover review mm. and I went to I went to great lengths to get that game um it was $160 which by today's standards is insane for to pay for a video game <laughs> um but I would pay that which ended up being not a bad thing because I got paid 200 for that review so I made I made coin. Okay. Okay. Um, but but the fact that I got uh, a a cover article was uh, it wasn't lost on me at the time. Yeah. No yeah, way. Of course. That was such a big deal. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So at some point you you left uh, the company, right? Um, did you? Yes. Kept working in in the video game industry somehow, or did you? leave it all together nah, sadly what okay so um the shifts they were they were changing all the full-time staff members at sega from full-time to part-time and i needed full-time i couldn't yeah. afford to just be on a part-time basis and I, I needed bills i needed to pay bills so uh based on that it, in hindsight i should afford it but i didn't know my rights or anything back then um, I was just a dumb kid just out of high school, still just all I cared about was video games. Um, <laughs> so I left and uh, I was poached by uh, the Gamesman, the company just around the corner. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ended up working at the video game store there for um, uh, just a year and a half or so. Um, but after that, then I fell out of the industry. And okay. the industry just wasn't big enough in Australia to have uh, multiple options. It's just uh, niche in that way. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because by that stage, the arcades were kind of dying. Opportunities mm -hmm. were drying up. Kind of sad, but that's just how it was. And I ended up working in just normal, regular retail after that. Okay, okay. So we'll, we'll get into how you got back into the Sega of it of it all yeah, in yes. a little bit but so you've obviously you obviously have a big deep deep connection with sega um 
can you name like can you rank like top three of Sega games of all time? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why? Why don't people like to do top threes? I, I, I'm I, if, okay. Imagine I, 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 I said you can only pick one. Maybe that's easier. I don't know. Is there like a, oh, a number one? A, a gun to the head. Uh, but I do it to my guests too. So this is just now <laughs> tables turned. I'll, it's only I'll, fair. I'll let you. I'll let you pick a top five if if it's easier somehow. No top three. We'll top keep three? It to top three. Okay. Okay. Uh, so it's got to be. So it's got to be a f official Sega published game. Nah, nah. You can just go as long so as no you. EA it, stuff. It's like uh, in a Sega system. It's it's fine. Okay. Number one, Sonic Two. Let's just get it out there. Okay. Uh, I only and I'm biased, but that was such a huge deal. That was a uh -huh. big release for sure. And it was. I would even go as far as say video gaming history at that time. First game to be given a mostly asterisk worldwide release yeah. because it didn't come out in Japan on the same day. Um, but that was a huge achievement. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, spoken with Al Nielsen uh, from Sega mm -hmm. of America. Mm -hmm. It was mostly his brain uh, yeah. uh, game child, I guess you could call it. Um, yeah, the marketing yeah, behind so it all, yeah. He was the brains behind the marketing, and that was such a good idea to get it out in one big hit. So Sonic 2 is my number one. Uh, number two, Streets of Rage 2. Okay. We actually managed to get to play uh, that in advance. So I was playing nice. uh, the first level on an EEPROM that I was allowed to take home. That was a big deal. Um, and just hearing that music for the first time was just like... I remember being so cocky back then and thinking Nintendo have got nothing on this. This is so, this is going <laughs> to kick their ass. Um, so there was that. And third place, I'm going to have to change gear here and go NHL 94. Okay. I wasn't expecting NHL that at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, I spent, way too many hours on NHL games over the years, but NHL 94 was probably my favorite. Um, it had a record-keeping system, which you still don't see to this day, where if you're playing, you would register Brian's playing, and uh, you would have uh, second play player two register David. And if I scored using my, my team, Pittsburgh Penguins, um, if I got a hat-trick with Murray Lemieux, and that was the most amount of goals that he had scored against my uh, in, in on that cartridge, it would actually say most goals in a game free, and in brackets it would say uh, Brian versus David. It will okay, actually say okay. it and keep it and store that. And I'm like, we haven't <laughs> seen that since. There's that, that level of record-keeping still mm -hmm. doesn't happen to this day. So, yeah. There's that. EA was a, a whole different company back then, right? <laughs> they weren't the scumbags that no, they are no, now. They I, were not. I'm hoping I'm hoping that EA suddenly go into a new phase of their history where mm -hmm. they suddenly become the good guys again. I haven't seen it yet though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and how they were able to like uh, <laughs> um get around Sega's defenses in order to to be able yeah, to release uh, their their games there and stuff that that was 
That was pretty in, ingenious. In some ways, that was a it, it was, was ingenious, was, but a scumbag act. It, it, <laughs> maybe uh, you know, uh, f- foreshadowing of what would happen later. But but you know, yeah. It, it, but in the, that, the in results that, were good because good the for games us, they right, came gamers. out with were absolutely yeah. awesome. So yeah. I think that even though that was uh, not a not a good look for EA as a company, uh-huh. um, the 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 gamers were the winners because without that happening, you would not have um, games such as John Madden. Um, uh, Road Rash, Desert Strike, and all the other classic EA games mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that that's a great top three. Excellent. Uh, have you been keeping up or? So let let's go. Let's change the, the gears a little bit here. So you are now streaming. You are very active on social media. You're into yes. the whole gaming thing. Again, did you ever stop playing games at some point? And now, never, never. Okay, so never. That, that was no. wasn't something I, that changed. I see. No, I see some people. They go, "Oh, yeah, I fell out of games there for a while." And I look at that and I go, "Sorry, that doesn't compute. I, I got <laughs> no idea what you're talking about." I've always been, I've always been interested in mostly uh, the tech and how it gets used. So the first thing that fascinated me with Space Invaders all those years ago mm-hmm. was the fact that um, you were maneuvering something on a screen. And then later I saw games where you could actually put your initials in the game. Huh, that's cool. You can actually get a thing called a high score and actually put your name on there to brag about it. And these little incremental improvements and changes Uh over time, I would note that and that would be something that would uh, impress me and fascinate me. Um, So quite often I will play a game, I will suss out the gaming mechanics by the time i've figured out what i think is most of the gaming mechanics to that game i will kind of tune out and then move on to another game without even finishing it which is kind of (laughs) sad um but i'm mostly interested in yeah gaming mechanics and neat little novel interesting things that some gaming Mm -hmm. designers use in their games that to make them stand out um, that's what fascinates me. So I, I never wanted to be out of the industry, but unfortunately that's Life happens. where, where yeah. I'm at at the moment. Life happens. I've got bills to pay. So I figured, um, there's this thing called YouTube. That's got to be my way to get back in, into the passion for creating something for, for gaming and mm-hmm. getting involved in other gamers and having those conversations with gamers. So I I decided I want to start up this gaming channel, but I've got no equipment. I've just got a laptop, which is crap, and I've got a microphone from Disney <laughs> called Sing It Mike, and I've got <laughs> a camera, which is just a handy cam. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. So my first video, you can see it. Um, there's no lighting. You can see the, sh- the, sh- the microphone shadow all over my face. Um, the audio was okay because I had that Disney Sing It mic. It was a USB mic that actually worked surprisingly <laughs> well. Um, and I didn't know how to sync up the footage from the game with the audio of my voice. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything about all that. So it's a little bit out. But I thought, I'm going to put this up 
I don't care if it's good or if it's bad. I just want to get this going and get started. So that's how I got started on. Um, that's that's how I got started with uh, with content yeah, creation, video gaming content, content yeah. creating. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Okay. And so that was born out of the desire of you know uh, connecting with other gamers and getting back into like video game the video game yeah because i missed because we, we used to sit around at the sega hotline and at the gamesman and just talk about did you see that new game coming out or did you see the um the the, the design on that um cover or and then when i started working in retail it was just old women complaining that their lunch hours are not one hour and it just like dealing with bloody normies, you know what I mean? And I hated it. They would be mostly interested in, oh, did you watch the, the latest episode of Farmer Wants a Wife or on TV? And I was like, I got to get out of here. This is doing my head in. I can't talk to these people. I got nothing in common with them at all. <laughs> so that's that was my desire was mm -hmm. to um, get back get back into discussing gaming with other gamers so that was my main drive okay okay that sounds great so i have a proposition for you since you like discussing games with other gamers we have a little something right. on this show called the Sega Launch Challenge, which I'd never tell guests beforehand. Uh, that's why yeah. it's, that's a surprise. <laughs> I'm I noticing. And full, noticing. Full disclosure uh, for, for people listening in, it's uh, early in the morning for you, so you got up a little bit early it's on a Saturday. Now. It's okay. I've had, okay. I've had my coffee. It's but okay. We can know, move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm just telling people in advance that this is an extra, an added challenge because it's early in a Saturday. So, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be awful and uh, hard as hell as, they, as it usually is. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> so what is the Sega Lounge Challenge, Brian? Uh, usually, and especially especially with, with guests like you, uh, I like to do something I call the Ultimate Sega Fan Challenge. So it's uh, uh, 10 rounds, 10 rounds. Uh, some are like trivia questions in related to Sega games. Some are musical rounds. So I have 10 second long clips of songs from Sega games. And you have to guess where they're from, the game they're from. Okay. 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 All in all, you can score up to 20 points. But if you get a 10 point score, that's like amazing already. So perfect. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, the beauty of this is, in these 10 rounds, you can pick between easy or hard questions. One uh, or an easy question, a correct answer, obviously, gets you one point. Hard yeah. question, two points. So for the okay. first round, 
It's a question, trivia question. Which one do you want? Do you want a, an easy question or a hard question? We'll start off easy, just to see what easy means. Smart, that's smart. Okay, <laughs> yeah, to see what easy means, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, so, hmm. Uh, nice. <laughs> Let's start with this one. I, I love this. This is a classic. This is a Sega Launch classic. I think you know this. I mean, upon upon starting a game of Space Harrier, okay, upon starting right. a game of Space Harrier, what words are you greeted with? Are you talking about the arcade like, version? Yeah, like an audio clip that says something. Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Get ready. Okay. Yes, of course. Of course. I'm going to give myself a tick on that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't know the, the the amount of people that gets this wrong. So, yes, of course that's Space it. Space Harrier was one of my favorite yeah. games of uh, of from Sega. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the music especially really resonates with me on that game. Oh, it's it's amazing. Sad that we we did get a spiritual successor. But it's just that that new one that's come out on uh, Apple iOS or Apple Gaming. Have you seen the the one by Yu Suzuki? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, I remember the name. Uh, Air Twister, right? Air Twister, that's Air it. Air Twister, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's just like, not the same. It's interesting, though. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's fantasy, yes, but it, it's not the fantasy zone. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we should get, I think this, that, that could be a good one to, to maybe think about releasing in VR or something. Could be interesting if done right, maybe. One day I'll get into VR. Me too, me too. Yeah. Okay, one point. Well done, Brian. Good okay, start. Run the so, board. Run the board. Yeah, I'm not gonna so, get a ducky. <laughs> so the first the the first song is coming up. It's round two. It's the musical round. Okay. So I have a 10 second long clip. You get one point okay. for the game, one point for the name of the song or where it plays, or if it's like a a, a, a main theme or like a, a stage you, select or something. Context. Okay. Somehow you can, if you somehow can convince me that you know what you're talking about, I'll give you an extra point. Okay. Okay. So, uh, ready for the first one? For this for first one? Let's take a listen. So short. Um, afterburner. So afterburner. You, the re, the refueling. No, it's not the refueling. Now I'll stick with refueling. I don't, I don't think that is. That's just a really half-hazarded guess. Would you care to be a little bit more specific? The bonus stage, then. Uh, in terms of the game. Oh, I said afterburner two. Sorry. No, <laughs> it's okay. Two. You said afterburner. Okay. That's okay, yeah. but which version of Afterburner? There are loads of versions. You recognize like the the melody the, the or something. Baseline. Yeah, the yeah, baseline. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a feeling that's not a, that's not an arcade version. I got a, and I don't think that's the mass the Mega Drive version. Mm -hmm. 
any idea? It's not Saturn because the Saturn, the Saturn would have been the Mega Drive, the, the arcade version. Mm-hmm. 32X? No, 32X was arcade as well. No, nah, I'm going to okay. tap out on that one. Okay, okay. So, I'll, I'll, I'll doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Uh, I will give you the, the two points. Good job, okay. good job. It's the Amiga version, by the way. <laughs> Thinking, uh, yeah, because it Amiga? sounds a little it bit did have that off, right? Yeah. It has that tinny sound. It, it, it wants bass, but it can't get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's the it's the European version of the like the main theme Afterburner. So so yeah, I'll give you two points. I think you deserve. I those. had a I owned an Amiga for a brief amount of time. Mm-hmm. Did you ever own one or no? nope nope? So that's where I first got to use a mouse um, on a computer. Mm-hmm. And I used to design um, logos and stuff like that on the computer, although it would take forever to render. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the the uh, range of Amiga games, but I just felt that they lacked something. That there was uh, the fact that you couldn't save a lot of those games. It was just mm-hmm. you'd play it, and then the, the minute you you stopped, that was the game gone. If the Amiga had an internal hard drive, that would have made that system a lot more interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So two points. Well done. That makes Thank it three. You. Oof, you're doing amazingly okay. well here. So round three, it's a question. Okay. Easy or hard? I'll go hard this time. Ooh. <laughs> you're going to regret it. Maybe. <laughs> Could be. Let's see. Let's see what a hard question looks like. Okay. Oh, this is, oh, this is cruel. Okay, no, no. let's go. Okay. Have you ever owned an SG-1000? No, an SC-3000, but very similar. Okay. Are you familiar with a game called Girl's Garden? Yes. Okay. So, in the 1984 SG-1000 game Girl's Garden... Right. <laughs> What's the name of the girl? Oh God's sakes! <laughs> I'll give. I'll, 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 I have options. I'll, I'll give you options. Okay. I've never ever thought about that. <laughs> I'll give you options. So, option option sign? A. What, what type of she? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Japanese thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> option A. Minto. I thought you were gonna ask no, 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 me I'm what's gi- the I'm significant giving, thing about that game. But I'm okay. giving you. I'm giving you <laughs> options. So option A, Minto. Option B, Papri. Option C, Coco. These are all names from characters in Coco. that game. I'm going from Coco. Oh no, Coco would be the bear. Um, okay, what's the other two? Uh, Minto and Papri. And please do no, explain I'll, no, why. No, no, I'll, no, I'll stick with Coco. Why? I thought maybe Coco would be the name of a bear. Now, Coco does sound like a Japanese girl's name, maybe. Because <laughs> K.O., a lot of Japanese girls' names end with K.O. Mamiko. Uh, so it's uh, C-O-C-C-O. Coco. Oh, 
Ah, no. So Minto, okay. Minto is M-I-N-T-O. Papri is P-A-P-R-I. All right, well, based on that spelling, that doesn't sound like a girl's name. I will go with Minto. Minto, option A, M-I-N-T-O. Yeah, there's actually a suburb here called Minto. <laughs> it's not a great place. Sorry, everyone from Minto. <laughs> so final answer. Mino, we call it, repronounce it, Mino. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> okay, I'm Is that your final Minto. answer? Yeah, are yes, you I'm locking, locking it? it in. Okay. Your answer is <laughs> suspense. <laughs> incorrect. Incorrect. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, yes. It's Papri. Papri. So Minto is okay. the is the boyfriend. So you, you Papri must collect flowers to give to oh, Minto. Cool. The boyfriend Peppy sounds like Peppy sounds more like a boy's name. That's I why I didn't go. That and way. Coco is the the other girl that's trying to steal Peppy's boyfriend. So right, so that's the story. That so that absolutely. That, <laughs> it's the best best uh, plot to any dy- video game yeah. ever. I was just going to say, who knew that uh, a basic game like that had such an in-depth back? Exactly, <laughs> and, and, and you're you're a girl trying to win back, you like, or trying to to uh, keep your boyfriend from going to another girl, and you have to go to the forest and uh, evade bears in order to pick flowers because yeah, yeah. that's what every boy. Wants. Wants. They want flowers from their girlfriend. Yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, do you know the? I mean, do you know the significant thing about that game? Uh, Yujinaka's involvement, like the first game that he yeah, worked on. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the other. Oh, I shouldn't have said anything. That's one of the. If you, if you had have went with that, if you had have went with that, that would have been. I was because I. I thought as soon as I heard "Girls Garden," I thought, "Okay, he's gonna ask." Okay, that I think that's one of the easy ones I have around. No, no, it's it's one of the hard ones actually. Mm, Yeah, Yeah, would have been easy for you. Good thing I didn't go with that. So no points in this round, but still three points. Let's go with our second music round, okay? So another. I still want to get that game. I still want to get that game on cartridge. I just the cover is so goofy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to meme it. I want that game to get become a meme because of how goofy that cover is. <laughs> it's just, uh, it, the one that like she's like oh, I'm picking flowers, right? Yeah, she's holding a flower. She's just and there's a bear like oh, oh that looks yummy, <laughs> like a drug bear or something. <laughs> The yeah. games were so innocent back then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you compare that cover and then you compare that game to Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it's just like worlds apart. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. If you look at the bear, there's there's probably some, some drugs involved. So not too far from GTA. Well, the the bear does cool to kind of look out of it. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Okay, so let's go with round four, which is another music round. Okay. Okay, another 10-second long clip. Let's see if you can... Oh, this is an easy one. Um, Oh, wait, hang on a minute. 
Hang on. No, no it's Sonic 2. <laughs> but you're going to ask me what stage. Probably. If you want to. Nah, I can't remember. Mine's My mind's mush at the moment. Uh, it's not. Or what happens in that stage in or something. Uh, casino? No, it's not casino. No, I'm actually at a loss as to what level that is. Mm-hmm. I just love the music, though. <laughs> it's such it's a classic great. icon, um, iconic music. My favorite track, though, in that game is uh, the, uh, God damn it, Brain's Going to Mush, the second level. Chemical factory. Plant. Uh, Chemical Plant, sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. That, I love that track. That just, iconic. especially when they remix <laughs> it now. Yeah. That, that, tr- that stage was... When we played that uh, at the Sega Hotline, that was me thinking Sega finally have figured out Sonic's meant to be fast, mm. and all those loops. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Where yeah, it yeah. gets so fast that he ends up off the screen. Exactly. And stuff like that. That was amazing. It's like, yeah. and to me, I remember thinking Sega finally get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sonic Two. So. Just Sonic 2. Sonic 2. No guesses. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, sorry. Yeah, but so, so in terms of zone or stage, you want to just like hazard a guess or not? I, I, can't, I can't remember. I, it's, I did play it on the stream a few weeks back, but I've forgotten that particular level. Okay. I'm not one of these ones that nerd out on, um, you know, little intricate details about <laughs> the stages, et cetera, et cetera. The, okay. the, like the stage names go over my head. Okay. Okay. So... No points for the stage, so you, you can only get one point now, and your answer is Sonic 2. Yes. So the Mega Drive version, obviously. Yes. Could be, but is it? It is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you got me second guessing myself. <laughs> That's part of the challenge. So, all right, So, yeah. but the actual stage. So it's Metropolis Zone. Metropolis ah, zone. It's okay. like yes. before yeah. you get like the, it's closer to the end of the, the game, before Sky Chase yeah. zone, before you get on the plane, on the, the tornado. It's uh, good that yeah. um, they have an upbeat track towards the end because that game. And that that stage is t- not uh, really. Tiring. That, that stage isn't really that much fun, to be honest. It's yeah. three X so instead of two. you want something in the two, background. It's yeah, and you want something in the background hard. urging you on. Yeah, yeah. so it, and it, it actually, I it, it like lots of gears going on, like you know, steam yeah. and stuff. I like, I feel like it's the perfect song for that kind of level. Somehow in my yeah, head, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay, so that means one more point, four points. You only need six more, Brian. <laughs> you're 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 getting there. We're. Almost halfway there. We're going into round number five. So easy or hard? Uh, We'll go easy. Easy. Okay. Okie dokie. I'm going to get some points banked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. In Persona 5. Right. Okay, that was a, a decent reaction, right? Okay, in Persona 5, what is the name of the group 
formed by the protagonist and other characters as a way to enter people's hearts. The Fan of Thieves. That was very quick. We're very quick to answer that. Are you sure? I'm hoping it's right. Fan of Thieves. <laughs> Can I lock it in? Yeah, lock it in. Locked. This better be right. Otherwise, I'm going to be so embarrassed because <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, Persona 5 Japanese version over there. I've got Persona 5 Royal. I've got um, Show and Tell. <laughs> I've got Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it better be damn right. <laughs> so you, you went from a fan of thieves to, I think, it, I think it's right, to it better be right. So yeah. roller coaster of emotions. Myself. <laughs> good, good, good. One point. Yes. Okay. The the Phantom Thieves of Hearts. If you want to get like get the full uh, name, okay, but that's yeah, it. Yeah. Well done. Very yeah. good job. One point. Good job. You're crushing this. Okay. Time for another song. Yeah. Okay. Shall we? Okay. Okay. Let's take a listen. Now he's going to ask me who developed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Golden X2. Again, very quick to reply, to give me an answer. Any idea of stage then, if you're oh, so level. sure? First level. First level? First level. Sure? From from memory, it's first level, yeah. First level for, for memory, it's first level. Yeah, I like yes. I like that second guessing a lot. Um, so, no doubts about it. I can just lock it in and yeah, yeah, lock it in. I get crap wrong all the time, but I'm pretty sure of that one. <laughs> it's locked in. Yeah, it is Golden X too. Yes, it's the first level. Yes. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> this guy, I tell you. Two points. <laughs> Good job. Two I don't points. even get a phone a friend option here on this show. What nope. kind of a show is nope. this? No lifelines here. No lifelines. Yeah, exactly. you, you can disconnect, though. You can disconnect and never talk to me ever <laughs> that's again. That's the only option. Yeah, that's the only option. <laughs> Life's always got options. <laughs> so, wait. So, one, three, four, six points. Oh. Almost there, there. almost there. there. Okay, so this was called, the, the stage is called Ravaged Village, stage one from Golden Axe 2. Good job. Just a sidetrack. Yes. Golden Axe 1. What does he say, the text at the start, when he first opens up and you see the speech bubbles and there's a bit of dialogue at the start? I don't know. Something about... Something about Alex. And everyone was like, oh, so Alex Kid must be in this game. <laughs> but oh. it's Alex. Alex's name gets dropped and uh, everyone was trying these conspiracy theories that Alex Kid has been murdered in Golden Axe. And you're <laughs> is this like uh, with, with, with uh, every character or is it a specific character? Because uh, no, that's I, with uh, any character you with pick. Any character, any character okay. you pick has the same dialogue. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Because they have like their own yeah. backstories. 
So, but the, the, the I still prefer Golden X One. The presentation, <laughs> the uh, intro screens, the music, the yeah. everything about that first game. I think uh-huh. a lot of people seem. To, there's a lot of people that like Golden X Two more. I yeah. No, nah, I have to. I have to go with Golden X One just because it was presented so damn well. Especially you, those black and white character reviews. Do you know screens. what? I so damn good. things have have changed a little bit, uh, you know, through the years. But I still prefer Golden X. That's that's still unchanged. But I also have a, a soft spot for Streets of Rage One, a little bit more than Streets yeah, of Rage. Yeah. I recognize it's a, it's the better game, but oh, yeah, totally, but. But, but there's something about the music in Golden. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in Streets of Rage One. Yeah, that yeah. It's more ja- jazzy. I don't know. I don't more, know. It's, I yeah. maybe it's nostalgia. I'll take I don't both. Know. Yeah. Can we have both? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, round seven. Easy or hard, Brian? Okay, we're getting there. Uh, we'll go hard this time. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. So we, we always have to talk about uh, Shenmue at some point. Are you familiar with Shenmue? Very. Very? Okay. I've been to the Boita Street. Oh, nice. I've actually nice. been here in real life. Excellent. Yeah, I've got, a fo- I've got a photo of me holding the watch from the game on the Boita Street. Excellent. And I was like... My wife is like, "What are you doing? What are you do- what's the what? What are you doing?" I'm like, "Shut up! I'm nerding out. Just let me have my moment. <laughs> this is a huge geek moment for me." Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've been to the street, and no one on the street knew about Shenmue. They had no idea what we were talking about. Okay. I think that's kind of changing. I think they're kind of catching on to all these Westerners going there wearing the the jacket. Couldn't find the jacket. I wanted to buy the jacket, but that was just. But funnily enough. Uh, in the game, you've got all these people selling bomber jackets. That's that's still a thing there. Yeah, there's the the, the store is there, like right? Like the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, awesome. If you go there playing Shenmue Bingo, like get a bingo card and tick off all the thing, you'll tick off Bingo no <laughs> pop, no time because you can you spot the tattoo parlor, mm. the barber shop, the florist, sailors. Yes, you do see yeah. sailors. Uh, <laughs> It's kind of funny going there in real life. Excellent. That's amazing. That's something I would love to do. Yeah, at some point. One day. Yeah, one day. It's on my bucket list. Okay, so if since you know you're familiar with, with Shenmue, our question, our hard question is in Shenmue <laughs> What do you think it is, Brian? Any guess? Uh, <laughs> what phone number do you have to call? Or what's the password? Something stupid. Like that's a that. good one. That's a good one. But uh, the, not the phone. The phone number. That's that's too hard. But the password. But no. Heaven's heaven's door. Father's heaven. Gate mother's yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to get really annoyed with trying to remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. So in Shenmue, in the first one, Rio has the chance of naming an orphaned kitten. He can choose right. from four names. Mimi, Tama, or Chibi are all yep. acceptable choices. But the right. fourth choice is not accepted by Megumi, the little girl who found the kitten. What is the fourth name choice? Yo. 
What was the? F- <laughs> so Mimi Tamaru Chibi. Can you see my cat in the background? Uh, not really. Uh, she's staring at me. My cat's name is Mimi. Okay. My other cat downstairs. Oh no, I can see your cat. Yeah, in the background. My other cat is Chibi. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a tama? I don't care about the other two. <laughs> no, I don't. Know. No, because you can only pick two. There's only two selectable options. Three, three, and one uh, is no. not is non non selectable. So if you choose you the can, fourth one, she will say she will three. not. She will not. I thought there was only two options. You could go Mimi or Chibi. Mimi, Chibi, Tama, or a fourth Tama, one. Tama, they won't let you name it Tama. I think so. But there's a fourth one uh, either way. I'm going to check that. i got to check that. Uh, the fourth one, I don't know. It's, yes. It's, uh, it's, uh, she rejects it because it's too, uh, it's a, too uh, much of a boy's name or something along mm. those lines. She rejects it because it's not a good name she says and it says it's a, a boy's name this, this one the, like uh, she would uh, grow up like like a ninja or something i think that's <laughs> what she cool said story. she doesn't like yeah, yeah, okay. that because of yeah. yeah um i can't tell any, you the name any idea the... choose a name a japanese name No, no. I I can only tell you the names of the two cats that I've got, okay. which is about this actual topic, which is <laughs> annoying me that I can't picture them at the, the options. I thought it was only three options, but I guess I'm wrong. Um, there are four okay. options. I, you just got me second-guessing the, 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 the thing about you. Oh, she only accepting two. That I'm not entirely sure at, got, this mo- at this moment. Because why I've got... But I know there are four choices for sure. And Mimi. Okay. So. You say for sure. A random I'm name. I'm going to question that. And as soon as this question. I, no, I, I've, I've got a lock in no answer. I don't know. No, no answer. Okay. So. No answer. No points. Pass. Pass. Sazuke. Sazuke. S-A-S-U-K-E. I am Googling. Yes. <laughs> please do. Shenmue Cat. Okay, you are right. There are four options. Uh, Mimi, which is spelt differently to my cat. My cat's got M-E-E-M-E-E. We did not name okay. her after this game. Okay. Um, so that's Mimi. Chibi's on the right. Mm-hmm. Suzuke is on the left. And Tama is at the bottom. Yeah. And Suzuke is an... Yeah, I think you're right. She says yeah, she says like a ninja. Yeah, yeah. It's like too strong or something. Yeah. Okay, it was uh, it was I'll, a I'll hard question. More later. It was a hard question. It's such a, so, but it's such a. My <laughs> wife loves that character. She doesn't care about video games at all, but she always um, mocks the the sound of the girl's voice. How whiny she sounds. Yeah, and, oh, we should name it Chibi. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Have you ever played it in Japanese? Like the voice voice acting. Shenmue two, yes. The first one, no. I have not. I have. Yes, because Shenmue 2, uh, we had the, the the European release 
uh, on the Dreamcast was with Japanese voices. So oh, right. only only you only got the 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 American the the you know the English voices uh, with the release on the Xbox. So and I I That's actually I got the Dreamcast version. Uh, okay. So Which only came out in, in Europe as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, Japan and yeah, in Europe. Yeah. So um the US missed out. Yeah. That was yeah. So and bad. they they released the Xbox the Xbox version with the English voices, so yeah, kinda of turned out all right. But I've actually had I've actually had the voice actor um for um uh, Ryu Hazuki. Yeah, Cory Marshall. Cory Marshall. Yeah, he's yeah, a had him great, guy, great guy. Great guy. Great guy, and have you seen photos of him? He's so buff, man. He's yeah, like, now he is now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't like give him a beard don't, now. Don't go up to him if you see him at a in a con, uh, a games festival or something. Don't give him any shit about sailors. He will wreck you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So three rounds left. Round eight is the final. Yeah. Is the final Can't song? I'm the question wrong. I'm so <laughs> dirty about that. Okay, so this is the final song. I okay. will, I will give you an option here. Okay, I, I'm not giving you an option. Let's try it the the correct way, which is in reverse. So this is the last one. So it's a it's hard mode. Okay. Okay. The clip is in reverse. Can you get the 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 the, the game? If you can only get the game. I'll give you the two points either way, okay? So let's let's give it a okay. listen. What the hell? Yep, this zip yep. Um hang on hang on, I'm trying to hear it in my in my I think it's. I think I got this. Okay. Hang on. Is it hang on? Are you asking me to hang on or? No, no. Is it the game hang, hang on or super hang on? <laughs> Is it? I'm gonna lock in hang on because that's the only thing I can think of because of the the the. Pacing of oh, the... Brian, Brian, Brian. This is, is, is so easy, Brian. It is, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I, take a listen. Okay, Let's take a it. listen. It's not so that, that different, I, right? I, yeah, not but that I had different, to unpack... So. The, the beats, the ditty, reverse uh -huh. it in my head. But then I had to place, all right, where is that song from? And then, hang on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a challenge. So two points, well done. I had to fight hard for that one. <laughs> two rounds left, two okay. points left. This is how it works. Round 10, so we have nine and 10, two questions. Round 10 is always hard. Okay. Okay, so you can either try to go for a hard one now and try to, you know, get the 10 points How many points have I earlier. Actually? You have eight, so you need two more for the 10. You can either try for okay, one now hard. and then two hard. or hard. Yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay, so let's we have two. 
Let's Hard bank. questions left. That's what this means. Okay. What is the name of Opa Opa's brother in the Fantasy God Zone sakes. universe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Rodney. Uh, <laughs> Think uh, about it. It's not that hard. The fantasy Zone universe, right? You have a little character like a little spaceship called Opa Opa. Uh, if he had a brother, what would we call him? James. Well, I said Rodney. Um... <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> no, Appa Appa. I don't know. I, I don't. Like I honestly don't. APA APA? Yeah, yeah. This is just a dumb guess, though. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it, though? Final guess? Yeah, that's, Final lock it in. Answer? Yeah, that's it. Appa Appa. That's all I've got to go with. i got nothing. So, first of all, no, no. Okay, but but <laughs> yeah, it was on the long, the right lines. Upa upa, upa upa. U p a u p a. I picked the wrong vowel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but very close, very close, very close. Okay, I got a opa opa hat here. There we go. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. We need we need more Opa Opa merch, I we feel. We need more uh, just Sega merch in general that doesn't have a hedgehog on it. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. true. That's very true. Okay. So, final round. Final question. It's a hard question. Okay. okay it's the last one. For two points for glory, Brian. We're for glory. For We're going for it. For the Sega Lounge seal of approval. Okay, here we go. <sighs> Okay, so let me pick a good one. Okay. Released, think about this. Even if you don't know what I'm talking about, think about it. Okay. Released only in Europe. Mm -hmm. Sega Game Pack 4 in 1 is a compilation of four games for the Game Gear. Okay. Sega Game Pack 4 in 1. Included in this compilation was a simple tennis game. Who was the umpire in this game? The most obvious answer would be Sonic. However, I've got a feeling that that's going to be something... That's just a curveball. I'm going to go... I actually don't know. I can't recall screenshots for this game. I'm going to guess Robotnik because that would be a goofy. If I had to lock in a B for no points but for some glory, <laughs> I'd, go <Gilly. laughs> I'd go Gilly's Thunderhead. Okay. okay. And if that turns out to be the right answer, I'm going to be what, annoyed. What's, what, what's like your gut gut feeling uh, answer? What's like, like your immediate answer oh, would tails. be like? Tails. Why? Because again, putting Sonic in there would be just too obvious. Because I've got to. If you're saying would it, would it though? Would it? If you're saying this is meant to be a hard question, and you put in what color? Do you do you know the game? Do you know the game? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't. So it's hard. So it is hard. But again, 
we just touched on the topic of how fascinated and obsessed Sega is with Sonic that it's just such an easy, obvious answer that it would be Sonic. So I'm thinking, well, if this is meant to be a hard question, then I'm thinking it's not Sonic. It's got to be either Robotnik or Tails or Gilly's Thunderhead or any of the other IPs that they've got. You're overthinking this. You're overthinking this. So what's your answer? You bastard. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Don't overthink it. I'm gonna I'm gonna lock well you <laughs> Just right, just right, do right, it. Alright, Sonic. Lock in Sonic. Yes! Of course <laughs> it's Sonic. Yes! Two points. <laughs> what a ride! <laughs> and that is the Sega Lounge Challenge, Brian. Well done. Very good. Guys, if you, anyone points. else is going to take this challenge, make sure you have a few drinks before you get on. <laughs> well courage. done. And you get the Se- the official Sega Lounge seal of approval, which is a wow, real thing. I'm going to <laughs> exactly very good <laughs> I'll do the sound effects for you <laughs> thank you well done <laughs> excellent Brian thank you very much good job with the challenge you thank you awesome. awesome I'm still dirty about not getting the Shemnu game right uh, the, the question right because I absolutely obsess over that game um, and okay are, are you are you a fan of the second one as well yeah to a lesser degree but it's still got the well, same. Wanna, wanna, we'll try a, a bonus question for for just for the kicks. <laughs> okay, go for it. Okay, this is one of uh, one of the hard questions that I ask a lot. Yeah. In Shenmue Two, yeah, what morning task does Ryo have to perform every day at Manmo Temple? Uh, airing the books, balancing and airing the books. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Because it's so easy to mess that up. (laughs) QT, QT, QT. You you can't run. If you run, you're sure to have a QT section. So So my my story is that um, before I got a chance to visit Japan, and I've been now many times, um, Mm -hmm. the first time I got to go to Japan, I had just finished playing and completing Shenmue for the first time on a Dreamcast. And I just was so obsessed with this game because it was uh, unlike anything I had played. It was so endearing exactly, and, and such a beautiful game. And I get it. People play it. Oh, this is boring. This is just um, Cupboard Simulator 2000. <laughs> I get it, but <laughs> I, the, I I get it now. Yes, but N- I, now I get it. At the time, no, no. But at the time, it there was, was nothing like was it. Mind and, blowing, yeah. And yeah. so I just love the attention to detail, and it particularly ran true with me even more because I got to go to Japan and I was having Shenmue moments. The light switches. Oh my god, that's just like Shenmue. The streets. It's just like Shenmue. The the shops. It's just like Shenmue. It was like the amount of things that I could cross reference back to the game was just insane. It was so good. Um, 
I think a lot of it still holds out. So if, if anyone has played Shenmue um, and you're thinking about going to Japan, do it because you'll be having these Shenmue little flashbacks yourself. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, by the way, we we haven't touched that much into the into the the whole uh, channel and what you've been doing. So, would you like to tell us and anyone listening not familiar with what you're doing uh, in terms of content creation, what your cha your channel is about, what you've been doing online, uh, you know? So, uh, I have a channel called Since Spaces, funnily enough, and uh, I. I've <laughs> I haven't been doing a lot of uh, YouTube content lately because uh, one, I don't have any ad revenue at all from from YouTube, so it's kind of disheartening. It's not about making profit; it's just like it's just nice to see something come back from spending all those hours and putting those videos together. Um, the most successful video that I've had on there was the uh, discovery of the Sega World statues. The, mm -hmm. the Sonic and Sally statues that I was found in a junkyard. So that got the attention of IGN. If you search Sega World statues, my name comes up. That's how big okay. of a deal that was, that video. Um, so I've been doing that since 2016. But lately, um, it's kind of funny. I thought when I saw Twitch for the first time, I thought, What a stupid idea. Who wants to sit there watching people play games? <laughs> and then I kept having I had the say, same reaction here. Yeah. And I had <laughs> and I had someone say, No man, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. So I I took it on as a challenge and I found myself enjoying it way more than YouTube. Which is not to mm -hmm. say I don't like doing YouTube. I just like the the immediate connection with, with people watching. The, the whole interaction and um, the lights going off when I get a new subscriber, the alerts and um, the dumb comments in chat live, I can react to them, I can <laughs> kick people out if I want. <laughs> um, and, and just the general good nature of, um, of the chat in Twitch. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to get an audience on there. Um, the most I've ever had at one time was... I had a raid of 250 people um, and I thought I would freak out with an audience like that, but I actually found myself just pretending it's just one person that's very active on the, on the typewriter <laughs> typewriter. Did I say that <laughs> on the keyboard? Um, but you know what I mean? Just, just Ding. typing a lot. Um, and yes. on average, I get about 10 people watching if I'm lucky. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm doing is Twitch and, and also over on Twitter and with Twitter, I'm doing, I'm testing out a new thing where I do video replies more now. So if you're following me on Twitter, expect to see my face more often over there. You might unfollow me because okay. of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And so people can find obviously all the links to... Uh, everything spaces, that you do on yeah. the the show notes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. since spaces is really hard, really hard to to find. Yeah, really, <laughs> the, really hard. The reason why I like that <laughs> handle is that, uh, like, I've got a friend who uh, is a regular on my channel, Top Loader. But when you search Top Loader, uh -huh. you get washing machines. 
<laughs> okay, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. But since Spaces, a top loader, yes. it's very unique. You type in Sin Spaces, you get either Kevin Spaces or me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Okay. Really. Don't know about that connection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But okay. But it, it also uh, makes people wonder, what does this mean? Why? Why do you have this... Uh, username, right? So, Spaces is a nickname that we gave to Space Invaders, same as uh, sunglasses is Sunnies, um, pinball machines okay. are Pennies. Uh, it's everything is IES here in Australia, like ending up. Yeah. yeah. And it's just makes sense to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I, just, I actually, I, I think I, at some point, I made the connection, but then I, I went to your website and you, you explained that. The first game was Space Invaders, so oh, okay, yeah. oh, yeah, that's what I thought, but I wasn't really sure because for for some time, Spaces with Spaces, oh yeah, we shorten Space everything. Invaders. We yeah. don't call a bottle shop yeah. here a bottle shop; it's a bottle o. Um, <laughs> <laughs> service station, yeah, petrol station. It's a servo. It's everything short. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cigarettes, awesome. no. Siggies. <laughs> Siggies, yes. Yeah. That's what I know. <laughs> or, dur- or we call it durries. That's the other word we call cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> so, Brian, I have one final question for you. Yes. It's been a lot of fun having you on the show. Hopefully we can do this again. But this is the important, the important, the question okay. I ask all of my guests. So, you probably know about blast processing, yes. right? yes. So in the U.S., Sega said that the the Genesis had blast processing. So my question is, if you could add blast processing to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Politicians, because crap doesn't get done fast (laughs) enough. (laughs) So get your local MP, add blast processing, and maybe all those things you've been campaigning about for years and years and years might get done sooner. That's a winner idea there. What do you get here? You heard it here we need first. To get blast on the Sega Lounge in, in the White House or in your local <laughs> or here, uh, Parliament Hill. <laughs> yeah. Parliament House. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So that's it. Very good. Very good answer. Canberra Excellent. could do with some blast processing. That place is slow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Politicians now with extra blast processing. Now with blast Coming processing. Coming soon. I'm going to vote for oh, that. <laughs> Coming soon to a parliament house near you. <laughs> Brian, thank you very much for, for coming on the show. It was really a blast to have you. Thank you for doing this uh, so early in the morning, for waking up a little bit earlier to talk nah, to David, me. No, David, it was all good. Uh, thank you for hanging uh, on till midnight to do this because it's midnight your way or now 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. almost, but it's oh, okay. Sorry, it's dude. fine. It <laughs> was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. So let's let's do this again some other time. For sure. Maybe not this week. Some other time. No, no, for sure. For okay, sure. Let me sleep now. Let me sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Thanks. For, and uh, it's been awesome. That that challenge was, uh, that woke me up now. <laughs> 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 Thanks, man. That's been awesome.
big thank you to Brian for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to get to know him and to have the privilege of hearing some of his stories. Fun fact, our conversation went on for well over an hour after we stopped recording, so I didn't get much sleep that night, but at least I had a lot of fun. Go give him a follow on social media and do check out his streams. All links will be in the show notes. And that's our show for the week. I'm very busy behind the scenes putting together our next few episodes, which include a very special one next week for all Shenmue fans out there. If you're one of them, be sure to come back then. As always, any suggestions of topics or guests are more than welcome, and you can send them my way on our social media or by email podcast at thesegalounge.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your week, have fun, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Mixed on Productions podcast.